This is Acts of Faith. Every day, World Team works to transform communities, make disciples, and reach the unreached. Our unique teams innovate, multiply, and expand the reach of the gospel. Our vision and aim? To make Jesus known. Together, we share the hope of the gospel on a global scale by meeting the needs of communities. These are our acts of faith. In the Great Commission, Jesus called us to preach the gospel to all creation and make disciples of all nations, a call that is the foundation for World Team's church planting and discipleship work around the world. That call to make disciples drives our missionaries to come alongside those that have a heart to share the gospel with others. Our workers take diverse but biblically grounded approaches to disciple others who are following Christ and growing in their knowledge of Him. This episode will feature views on discipleship from many of our workers, Tom, Alicia, and Joel in Cambodia, Susie in France, Nathan in Africa, Marco in South America. We'll start this conversation on discipleship with Kevin Osinek, Executive Director at World Team US. How would you define discipleship? I believe discipleship needs to be best defined by starting with how do we define disciple. A disciple can be defined as a follower, a student, of a teacher, of a leader, or a philosopher. In scripture, a disciple of Jesus was the closest of companions. We see that in the 12 apostles. But in a broader sense, those who walked with him and ate with him, who shared conversations, observed the way that he lived, enjoyed his company, listened and followed his teaching and instructions, uh, they were also seen as his disciples. So when we speak of discipleship, what we're really referring to is the process of following Jesus. The d definition that I really like is one that the, one of the original 12 actually gives, and that's Peter. And over in 2 Peter chapter 3, in verse 18, uh, Peter writes, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so we see here some definitions, some parts of this. He begins by saying, but grow. And this is a, a continual growing process. This is not something that's stagnant, but it's, it's ongoing. And over time, it leads to maturity. And he says to grow in two areas. One is in grace, and we see grace defined as God's unmerited favor. So Peter's saying, grow in the sphere of God's unmerited favor and exercise those spiritual graces. And Peter even goes as far as defines what those spiritual graces are back in chapter 1. And in verses 5 through 7 he says, And add to your faith goodness and knowledge and self-control, perseverance, godliness, and brotherly kindness. And uh, it ends up with saying love. And so here Peter is turning around and saying as we grow, we, we grow in these areas to become more like Christ. But he also mentions knowledge, and here it's developing a more personal relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, deepening our understanding of Him through the Word and prayer, through fellowship, sharing our faith as we go about our daily lives. In other words, as we walk with Him through life. And so discipleship is a, a process of coming to know Christ through salvation. It requires a new orientation around Him in our lives. Uh, the Apostle Paul states it this way in Philippians 3.10, 
that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. Uh, it's not a simple process. It's not an easy process, but it's a, a life-giving process. And so as we're doing that individually in our lives, in our own personal discipleship to know Christ, so we are called in Scripture to assist others by helping them to do the same thing. And in this way, we are following Christ's directive to make disciples. How do you see world team workers living out this process of discipleship? Well, that process can be worked out in many different ways. Oftentimes, it's connected with the culture that they find themselves in, the opportunities that they have around them, and also the gifts that God has given them. I've been here for, uh, in Cambodia for 22 years now. So uh, I would say basically though, even according to our own uh, you know, vision statement is that it's establishing communities of believers and um, raising, I think raising up national uh, leaders is a part of it, a big part, making disciples, of course. I mean, I think of our vision, uh, I think it's innovative teams, multiplying disciples, and communities of believers bringing the gospel within reach of lost people everywhere we go. So as I've heard, and we've heard many times, probably CP or church planting is, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. Planting a church means the church needs to root, needs to get settled down in a situation and needs to grow. I like the planting connection to, let's say, growing a tree. If you have a small tree with no fruit, nothing is happening. But if it's a huge tree and the birds can make nests in that tree, and then you find shelter and shade and, well, all kinds of things, then you have something, whoa, that's something that we want to reach. So church planting is like planting a tree, something on a local situation with deep roots in the gospel. And, well, where people can find shelter and meet the Lord Jesus and grow in Christ. What we are doing in Cameroon, we are making disciples among the Baca. And making disciples isn't, you know, a 12-week discipleship program where you check all the boxes and they know this information. That's a very Western perspective on discipleship. And not that those things are bad, but it's just incomplete. It's like taking somebody who wants to learn how to drive, putting them in the classroom, teaching them all about how to drive, and then handing them the keys and say, you know, have fun. It's like, wait, 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 wait. You know, let's sit with them in the you know, passenger seat and let's help them know how to take what they learned in the classroom and apply it in, in real life situation. And that's what discipleship is. It's walking with people. It's not just teaching them about loving their spouses on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday evening or something like that. But when those spouses are fighting, you're there and you're talking with them and you're helping them understand what patience really means on a practical level. You're sharing with them different passages, maybe that they learned the Sunday before, but now they really have to apply it in real life. We're working largely with a, an entire nation that hasn't had a lot of Christians for a long time. Um, you know, we're a tiny, tiny percentage of the population. And so they don't have aunts and uncles that have prayed for them or cousins or co-workers or they may have never met a Christian before. In your heart language there among the Baca, do they have a word for discipleship? Hmm. Well, you heard me talk about the path. And as a force dwelling people, they are always walking paths. So that's something that they understand. And that's 
sort of why um, my explanation of discipleship sort of evolved in that kind of way. Um, they certainly don't have a specific word for discipleship uh, in the Baca language, but the idea of following, obviously they have that and just simply learning. Um, but the, the idea of walking the path, we even have just the path of God is something that we say a lot as we meet together. And path is Kpaje, K-P-A-J-E, Kpaje. And the creator God in their culture and their language, language is Komba, K-O-M-B-A. So it's Kpaje na Komba, the path of God. And so all of that comes into our ideas of discipleship and works very well, I would say, as we talk with them, because we are talking about being on the path with each other and helping people go down the path. We talk about the fact that, you know, you're on the path and the path diverges. You can't go two paths at once, you know, right foot on one side, left foot on the other side. That doesn't work for very long. And everybody laughs as I, you know, try to follow two paths at the same time and start doing splits, you know, but it's a nice visual uh, reminder to them that you can't follow your own path or Satan's path and try to follow God's path at the same time. You have to choose. And so all that sort of comes into our teaching on discipleship. What does the discipleship process look like for the students? Um, I guess from your perspective and, and as best you can answer it from their perspective. So when we thought about discipleship in the dorm, we wanted it to be a relationship that um, helped to come alongside the students and equip them to grow in the relationship with the Lord. Um, so we were very specific and we wanted group Bible study time that was led by the students, but we also wanted time with them individually to go deeper on things that they may not be comfortable sharing in a large group. Uh, so creating that community within the dorm, creating the community with the local church, and then creating community and partnership um, with a mentor type um, relationship. So we have all three of those aspects within within the dormitories. So discipleship for them looks like um, right now we meet with them for an hour in a week. So each week we have that time where it's just the two of us one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, they'll call it meeting personal. <laughs> um, in English they say that. So that's kind of a fun fun little saying, oh we're, we have a meeting personal together to come up. And really we open it up to them where we get to hear what's happening in their world, um, come alongside them, but then as we continue to, to develop and grow that relationship, we know where we can press in on them a little bit or challenge them or encourage them uh, where they're having different struggles. Um, that process of going deep with them, um, for the Cambodians, it, it means a lot to be able to have a foreigner that's working with them, but we want them to help see past that. So it's not just being able to sit down with a foreigner, but really it is someone who you can have accountability with, who can help encourage you in your walk with the Lord, who can encourage you or help you in different situations that you just find yourself in life. So encouraging them to do that with other classmates, other siblings, other friends, um, we see that value and in, in growing and nurturing that relationship with their community. Uh, it's, it's just going to become a, a much stronger place to go from. When I talk about discipleship, I mention two aspects. And I say, really, to go and make disciples, it's pretty simple. You point people to the path 
and down the path. So the pre-salvation aspect of discipleship is just leading them to the path. Just, hey, Jesus's path is over here. Let's, let's go and, and find that path. We can walk there together. Um, loving those people there and all of that. And then once they're believers, they're on the path. And now you're just walking with them down the path. We enjoy the one-on-one, -on -one, but sometimes other things will come out inside of the group that they'll work through different conflicts or problems. And that also dovetails with how the culture is because a lot of things will happen in community. So if decisions will get made with the family together. They think through, they look at the different options and go forward. So it, it helps blend some of that uh, local culture of what is normal for them. So we can have that opportunity to have the small group setting and, and talk through things um, in different circumstances or uh, get input from other people and, and really kind of build that relationship together. A lot of people, when they think about church planting, they, they envision the church and they think, okay, so we need a place to meet. We need people to come to that place to meet. And we need to start functioning like a church. And really, that's like um, having a baby and saying, well, a person is someone who can get themselves dressed and can, you know, maybe drive a vehicle or, you know, go and do work and all this kind of stuff. And so I got to force my little baby to be able to do all these things. And we forget the fact that, wait, just a baby needs to grow. And so the baby has to grow into these functions. And so what that looks like in church planting is simply discipleship. And uh, the Great Commission wasn't to go and plant churches. It was to go and make disciples. And there's a reason for that. Uh, we see throughout the world, not just in a place like Cameroon, but throughout the world, we see churches that aren't really functioning as churches because the individuals in those churches have never truly matured in their faith. And if we focus on making disciples, those disciples will desire to come together. And as they come together, uh, the church is born in that process. Um, but then if we just, again, we focus on this group and say, okay, we need to do church. We need to have worship times. We need to have teaching and all this kind of stuff. But we, we don't continue to concentrate on the discipleship aspect. The church will never really mature and become strong in their own ability to handle their own problems, to reach out and all those things. But the more we spend our time in discipleship, the stronger the disciples will be and therefore the stronger the church will be. The one student, um, actually one of the non-believers inside of the dorm that I've been working with, um, he was quite nervous about leading the Bible studies and we were working through those different examples inside of our one-on-one our -on -one discipleship time. So the first time he led Bible study, at the end of it, he didn't feel very confident. He was a little nervous with it. Um, fast forward a little bit and he's had a chance to share a couple times and that ability to step into a leadership role in kind of a controlled environment within the dorm has helped him to develop as an individual and kind of come out of his shell and feel comfortable sharing in group settings. Um, and you see that encouragement and you can definitely pick that up that he's excited as the time comes in the future that he can be sharing and presenting. He's actually started to create little videos on his own and it's, it's kind of warmed him up to not being afraid to go off and, and share his thoughts and ideas in a group setting. We've seen students take our group Bible lessons um, and bring them home and share them with their families. 
um, as ways to navigate different things that have come up in um, their family situations. We had one student who had a sibling that was not um, kind of respecting and obeying the parents and the parents were very distraught. And so she prayed over her parents and shared one of our recent lessons with her mother to provide encouragement. And she did that entirely on her own and came back and told us how much that had helped her mom really think through how to talk with their daughter and um, improve that relationship based off of a lesson that we had just worked through in our group setting. Uh, so that's one area where we've seen the students really owning those lessons and seeing that discipleship work in a way that allows them to give to, to others. People really know here it's a very communal place in Cambodia and um, people need community to help them, you know, navigate the challenges uh, which come with believing here, especially here. I, you know, I'm th I think it's similar in many places. I think it's going to be similar even in America pretty soon. Uh, persecution, standing up to temptation, standing firm in the faith. These, these re really need community. So why is it important? That's the way that Jesus told us to do it, you know, make disciples. Uh, he will plan his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And um, as we think about the church, we also think of those small bodies, those small communities of believers. What is really wonderful to see is how the Lord is using all the people that you are working and dealing with, all kinds of situations, also the troublesome, especially the troublesome situations. In, in sharing and showing his love. And most of the time, we have no idea how the people sense that in our approach, in who we are, in how we respond. And well, just being there makes a difference. And you just do, well, you do your laundry or you do your, your bathing in the river or just saying hello. And many, many times later you hear, but you were so friendly. Was I friendly? When the Lord can work through us, he will build his church his way, and he asks us to be a vessel that is available. I think there's the, that's the most important thing. The first woman I saw come to Christ, it was after eight years, she said to me, I just have realized that all my life I've never known another Christian, not in any of my circles, family, educational, work, friends, I just never, what if I had never run into you? So there's still such a need because there are so few Christians, and it takes time. To learn more about World Team's church planting opportunities, go to us.worldteam.org and click Go at the top of the page. To see prayer requests from World Team workers, click Pray. This has been Acts of Faith, a podcast by World Team U.S., for more information on World Team and its ministries, visit us.worldteam.org.